If you've invested in your business, chances are you've funded future growth potential through leverage and after filling out loan applications and undergoing credit checks. In the stock market, using debt is often called gearing. The new BetaShares Wealth Builder Funds, ASX ticker symbols G200 and GHHF, offer moderate gearing across Australian and global shares for investors who are comfortable with the higher risks associated with gearing their investments. You can discover how they work by visiting betashares.com.au. Please don't forget that gearing magnifies gains and losses, so read the relevant PDS and TMD on the website and consider if the fund is right for you. BetaShares Capital Limited is the issuer. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to Rask's Australian Business Podcast, a series for entrepreneurs who dare to leave the world in a better place and get paid while we do it. This podcast will make you a better business owner, investor, founder, or entrepreneur. If you want to start a business or already have one, please subscribe to the series or share it with your friends, business partner, or colleagues. And don't forget to consider taking our free business course, which includes heaps of templates for creating business plans, HR documents, employee files, all of my software recommendations, and more. The course is completely free and available via the link in your podcast player. Okay, let's get into the episode. Joe, thanks for taking some time to join me on the first ever proper episode of the Australian Business Podcast. Great. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, we're going to talk about the business you built. We're going to get your feedback on um, what it takes to run a successful cafe, being on the other side of the I guess the the table where you're supplying cafes with coffee beans. If this, if, if you were just tuning into this, I would highly, highly encourage you to check out the video that we just recorded with Joe, where he takes us through the business from the front door. Literally, <laughs> we go into the espresso bar, back into the cool room, past the roastery, mm-hmm. and back to packaging. It'll explain everything. But mate, to keep this segment concise what we're what i'm hoping you can bring to the table is basically your best ideas for people that are thinking of going into um, hospitality in particular cafe owners mm-hmm. a lot of these things i see them they pop up and then a lot of them close there's a lot of, there's a lot of cafes out there it's yeah. a um really accessible industry for lots of people who get into it get passionate about it the the barrier to entry is quite low so you can like okay cool i'll open up a cafe yep but then they have no idea about how to run a business. Um, so the first thing I recommend is check out your course that you guys have done because that covers all of these things which took me years to get my head around. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, you just want to... For me, it's the hard thing with cafe owners is getting them to think about it as a business. Like it's not... Um, and it took me a long time. It took me to maybe sell my first business to then to realize that like, oh... It's like, it's not me. It's not like if it succeeds or fails, it's not a reflection. It is, I mean, partially due to me, but like yep. it's it's something else. It's its own entity. And ideally it needs to succeed by itself. So you need to make sure it, it, it functions, which means it has to be profitable. You know, yep. like all these sorts of things. You doing 60, 70 hours and not paying yourself, but the business is doing well. It's not doing well. 
your 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 free labor is what's propping it up. If you had to pay somebody to do that, you yeah. know, and if you couldn't afford to, it would not succeed. It needs to be its own entity. Um, yeah, and that's that's easier said than done. So we talked about uh, we're filming in an espresso bar. If you're mm-hmm. just listening to this uh, in audio form, we've got the roastery behind you. In a typical cup of coffee, if you have this off the top of your head, I'm just catching you off guard potentially. You know, say it's, I can see the, the price there for a normal, just a flat white coffee. It looks like it's five bucks. Um, how much of that, loosely speaking, would be, you know, a profit margin for a cafe? The average profit margin in a cafe is like 10% according to the ATO, whatever their 2019, 2020 report was. Um, so their actual cup of coffee itself like say if we sell you a cup a kilo of coffee at $30 a kilo, you might get 40 to 45 cups out of there depending on how you make the coffee. Um, so you're looking at the cost just for the coffee itself will be like 80 cents. Hmm. So then you add in milk, you add in the cost of the cup, you add in all that other stuff. So you're making you're making a decent margin, but it's only a $5 unit. So you still need to sell volume of those units like mm. it's people always like, oh there's so much money to be made in a cup of coffee it's like yeah but you have to sell hundreds of them a day yeah. you have to sell it to hundreds of different people so you're making hundreds of sales um which is really hard and it's really hard to get people who can make good coffee but also who can interact with customers talking to 400 500 people a day is exhausting mm. i mean it's really hard work um even when things are going well, let alone when you're in the, you know, cra- yeah. the crazy times we currently have gone through. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. We spoke about the difficulty in finding a barista, but I got to admit, even the people that take my order when I go to a cafe, if they remember your name, it's brilliant. Yeah. Right. It's just it's personal touch. You can tell the people that uh, career hospitality workers, they know what it takes and they have that kind of, I guess, air about them where they do care and they want the business to be a success. Because it's not easy. Um, what are some of the th- ways that people can think about even just planning their business to start off with? So we've, we've already talked about the cost of coffee, um, how hard it can be. Finding people is important. Finding the right beans for the cafe is important. Like so much, so many. Finding things. the right the right location is so mm. crucial. Mm. Like it's and having like a beautiful space, like natural light for me is always. Um, like one of the major factors, even though this is a dark little uh, espresso this is a bar. Bit different. This is a yep. roastery, but if you can get natural light, um, location's hard now because who knows what people are doing. The CBD, Melbourne CBD now is more like a, it's like a suburb rather than the CBD. It's not the same. Mm. So when choosing a location, it's, it's perhaps higher risk, which means you need to be, you don't even need to be smarter, but you need to kind of have the, I always say you need to have the bar low for yourself so you can jump over it every day so whatever your minimum whatever the minimum amount of coffee you need to sell every day you need to have that as low as possible so you can reach that bar you don't want to have to think shit i need to sell 500 cups of coffee today just to break even because that's a lot of cups of coffee if it's 200 cups of coffee and you can make that by 10 o'clock in the morning then the rest of the day you're fine like that's we always think in cups or in kilos that's how we kind of kind of measure things in, in coffee um yeah, having that because you, if you're the business owner and you're in the business and if you're worrying and stressing about selling enough, that carries through to the customer. The customer doesn't want you to be worried and stressed. They want you to be happy and mm. cheerful and having a great time. And so 
the owning a business and running a cafe can be a very tough combination. Yeah. Um, you're obviously at an advantage because you have a roastery attached to your espresso bar, right? So your primary business, if I'm not mistaken, mm -hmm. at Rumble Coffee Roasters is the roasting part of that. Yeah, we're a wholesale coffee roaster. Yeah. yeah, so you've got this here so people can come in, they can try the coffee, customers walk past on the street and bonus location perk for you is an apartment building's going up across right. the road. Yeah. So it's just- Hundreds of new- When you bought it eight yeah. years ago, this was yeah. the plan. Yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of people that are just starting out don't have that advantage. So when they're selecting which beans to go with, I feel like that's a fundamental part of the thing that you're selling. So how do you choose? Well, firstly, you want to find a coffee that you love to drink. So go and try them. Try lots of coffees. Yeah. Um, and then check out the ethos of the coffee roastery. Um, there's lots of coffee roasters out there. It's a very competitive space. Um, you want to see that they are buying the right coffee and sort of looking after their growing partners in the right in the right fashion for us that's very important that we are treating the growers properly and respectfully and basically what that comes down to is paying them enough money because they need to get paid mm. well for what they do which is the hardest part of the whole coffee making process um, and there's so many people who are involved in a cup of coffee before it gets to the end consumer mm. um, there's literally dozens of people who are involved in the process from Growing it to picking it to processing it to sorting it to drying it to shipping it to unloading it to roasting it to making it like it's just crazy um so all of those people need to get paid somehow and ideally get paid well so um yeah when, when i hear people complain about the cost of coffee it really uh, it, it makes me sad because so many human beings have been involved in getting that to you it should be something that we are proud of and that we just celebrate basically yeah. mm. one of the things you said and one thing that you champion is increasing the prices of coffee mm -hmm. whereas and we well you likened it to a beer you can go and get a beer at the pub it's probably going to cost you double what it did 10 years ago but coffee seems to just you stay know, the same yes yeah, stay yeah. the same how does a cafe owner you know think about that but a lot of the time they're stressed as it is how do they then go okay i need to i know i need to increase prices how do i do it yeah i think you just need to do it Ideally, just do it and handle it. I, when I've done it in the past, um, and you always you always have a few customers who complain about it, and you hear about it, and that worries you more mm. than it should because the two that you hear two or three complaints, and the way we're built is we think that's more of a problem than it is. Yeah. But you get to the end of the week or the end of the month, and you look at how much you've made, and you've made more money. You might have lost one or two customers, but most of your customers, if you're doing a good thing, will be happy to support you. Like people are so happy to support small businesses, especially now after the last two years, they can appreciate the struggles of small business and, and what people have gone through. So as long as you're providing them with a great product, they're happy to happy to support you. Um, and it's about having that um, that perceived value of the of the product. So. Um, by working with a great coffee roaster, having great machinery, having great happy staff, all of that, all of that sort of thing. Mm. If you're competing on price, you're racing, you're racing to the bottom. And there's always 7-Eleven there selling coffee for a dollar. And even them, they put their coffee up by 100% just this month. So it's, they've mm. gone up to two bucks. So if you can't put your coffee up by 50 cents, um, yeah. 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 And it's the people that can afford it typically, you know, you're not competing against them, I think. If you're, if, if you're in reality, you're thinking, okay, this is all coffee, but it's not the same. No, it's not exactly. And people think everyone who drinks coffee is my potential customer. 
but that's not. There's people who drink instant coffee, people who drink 7-Eleven, people who only pay $4 for a cup of coffee. That's, they all have their mm. market. Um, for us, we're dealing with high-end specialty coffee, so it's people who want to buy great coffee um, and are happy to pay for it. So let's just, let's just look after them. Yeah. yeah. i got to admit, I'm a bit of a coffee snob. Um, I do like to spend my six dollars. Not, I don't like to spend it, but I spend it. Six dollars well spent. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Back under soy as well, so there's an extra fifty cents typically. Um, You you mentioned like people are really important. You started this business with two other people, Mm -hmm. and now there's two of you in the business. How did you go about that? How did you go about finding someone to partner with? What were some of the lessons learned from prior businesses? From prior businesses, I guess I'd learnt um, that not all business partnerships succeed. Some of them kind of fail along the way. And so you need to be very uh, open and honest about the business at kind of all times, but think about things when you go in and what might happen. So there was three of us who set up Rumble um, and we talked about at the start, you know, what would happen if someone wanted to leave. We're all from New Zealand. So obviously there's always a draw there back to back to home and then... During 2020, um, Stan, one of our business partners, decided to move back home, which is fair enough. It was uh, much better back there than it was here at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Matt and I, you know, bought him out and, and all of that. And that was um, what could have been a really hard thing for the business. Ended up being a, a really good result. Um, he's happy. They've got a great life back in New Zealand and doing really well. And we're running our great business here. Um, did you have a provision in place? Like amongst the three of you, did you sit down when you started the business and said, if this, then that? More or less, yeah. We, we discussed, say, hey, you know, if, if someone wanted to leave, the other two would have be able to buy them out and, yeah. and, a, and a get it valued and kind of assess it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just having that conversation at the start, which in previous business situations we kind of hadn't done talking about the you're always thinking about it being a huge success and and you making all this money and everything going well but what if things don't quite go the way you expect what happens then and just talking about it so you've thought about it so it's mm. not such a such a surprise it's the shock of of bad things which which often derails us for sure we um we got some questions sent in after the first couple of weeks of this podcast going live and there are a few of them that were along the lines of there's this other business and they're thinking of merging. They want to merge with our business. And then there are other questions like, how do you value a small business? Mm-hmm. How did you just, just, you don't have to get into details, but how did you go about valuing the business? Was there like, it's just a kind of blanket rule. This is what your share is. My yeah. Share. Well, we got our accountant came in and he kind of valued it. And then we kind of assessed it and talked about it and, you know, yeah. had a bit of a conversation and came back and it was a price that, you know, we could all, deal with um yeah yeah and that was but it's yeah you've got a it's not always fun and it but that's mm. kind of the you know the grown-up part of uh, doing business sometimes um yeah it is yeah and yeah. I, I, the reason i ask that is that sometimes for certain industries and accountants will know this is it's like certain rules so yep. insurance business might be two times sales that's yep. the, that's the valuation or something like this and that helps because then when it sounds like this is very amicable but when there was a lot of disagreement yes. there has to yep. be a line in the sand to say this and that is yours. And so that, you know, can clear the slate. Yeah, it happens a lot in cafes. Like if you're buying a failed cafe or a business that isn't going mm. well, and if you ask, say, a cafe, a cafe's up on the market and you want, you like it, you go and see it, be like, you see the books and you're like, this thing is not making yeah. any money. Like it's, you should be paying me to take this over. But whoever's selling it, it's their baby. And, mm. they've, and they're like, they've invested all this time and all this money. And for them, they think it has a value. 
Whereas looking at it from the outside, you're like, it's not making any money. So it doesn't have, it's not worth what you mm -hmm. think it's worth. That can be very hard. And so I've had that on a few occasions where, you know, because you've, because you think you work so hard on something. So it must have all this, yeah, everyone else you know, what same. about goodwill and what about these things? It's like, wow, at the end of the day, it should all be there on the books. And if it's not on the books, then it's not really real. Mm. Um, especially in this industry where for so long it was all lots of cash under the table and lots of kind of, oh, it's doing all this. It's it's like, mm, Yeah, not anymore. Most not of it's anymore. coming through your square Now it's all coming anymore. through the square team. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, okay, great. So uh, another thing is obviously hiring people. And one thing that I think about with cafes in particular, and this is more, I guess, a wholesale thing as well, like the roasting side, is a lot of the good Melbourne uh, roasteries are expanding cafes mm -hmm. as well. And one thing I think about, and you'd think about this a lot as a business owner, is the incentive of people that work for you. So if you, for example, you've got the espresso bar here, but let's say you go and open four other Rumble mm -hmm. stores. You've got the one- um, One in Ballarat. One Cops, in Ballarat. Cops Coffee. Yep. yep. And let's say you keep expanding. How do you think about incentivizing people to work well, you know, to- champion the values that you want to, to make good coffee mm -hmm. to you know produce customer service that's respectable yeah well i mean what we would like to do i guess and what we've done with cobs is we found a, a business partner who is an okay. old friend of ours who is from ballarat we were going to do a, a plot spot in the city our second lockdown hit us he went back home to ballarat he mm -hmm. called me up after a month and said hey what do you think about doing a spot out here and i said well if you want to stay there and if you want to be there and run it then Let's go because we were investing in him, not yeah. in the site. Or yep. so it's all about investing in people. If we have the right people working for us, and we we've got great people working for us now, so if one of them wants to do a business and we can find a site with them, then then let's go. Because for me, it's all about having those people and giving them the opportunity to to run with it themselves. Because I can't be running multiple businesses, mm. other sites. I've I've tried to do that in the past, and it's really hard. So you want to have those people and mm. give them some ownership so they can just take it and, and just go and you give them the structure and support to run the actual successful business. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. I think that um, whether it's equity or whether it's revenue share, yep. those types of things yep. are kind of like a fail safe. If you're yes. not there, yep. what's well, who's actually taking care of things, you know, that someone will be someone. Yeah, exactly. If you were, you've got, you obviously serve a lot of, you serve customers here in Espresso mm -hmm. Bar, but you also, your customers are cafes. When you think about some of your more successful cafes, what do they tend to do well that maybe others don't? Well, that's a good question. Yeah. Um, I think they're, they know what they're doing and they do that. It's very easy to open up and offer like all of the things, have a huge menu, lots yep. of different drinks, juices, all the sort of stuff. And then you're doing, you have to, have to have all the stock. You have to show your staff how to do everything. And then you're kind of doing everything really badly. Whereas you always want to start with like less, yep. do it really well and just focus on that. So our best customers all have a very focused offering. Mm -hmm. um, you're always so much, it's always do less. Like you'll always have people coming in saying, hey, you should do, or I should, you know, yeah. and it's just whatever thing they're feeling like at the moment doesn't mean you should do it. It's your business. You know what you should do, you yeah. know, always listen to your customers. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, I find that as you go on, the more you go on, the better you get at saying no, the better oh, your business yeah, will be. Exactly. Whereas in the early days, you say yes to everything because you want to take the opportunity. You have to, and you don't know what's going to turn into the thing. It takes you so long to even learn what your business really is. I mean, I wish when we started, we had a, a better 
vision of what we were and where we wanted to go, but we, we didn't know. And you, you learn by doing. So you just get out there, do it. Yeah. And then start to say no to stuff when you know what's mm. worth. Yeah. 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 So before uh, Rumble, you worked in hospitality um, as a barista. Mm -hmm. Would you, as you know, you went into roasting rather than starting your own cafe. Would, would, if you were starting a cafe today, what would you say to people to prepare them? Well, it's probably going to be harder than you think it's going to be. Yeah. Well, I'd say that's true for all businesses. <laughs> all businesses, especially, I mean, hospitality, um, yeah, it's just, it's hard, but it's also people usually get into it because they love it, which is which is great because that, that love and that passion is what keeps them going through the hard times. Mm. I mean, I'm sure accountants are passionate about what they do, but hospitality seems to be a bit different. It's a bit more people really love, you know, going out talking to talk people. Yeah, so that's what gets them through. But then you need to be, you kind of need to just be smarter about it right right away. And, and right from the start, don't let your passion be the only thing. Think about it like a business and like have build that business structure underneath you so that it's, it's functioning and supporting you because you can work so hard and passion get you so far, but then you just get too tired and burnt out and you don't have a solid business underneath you. And then you kind of fall over. And it's, that's, I mean, that for me, that's really hard and really sad when, I see businesses fail. People who were, you know, really excited. We've had we had a couple of great customers during um, who started at like early 2020, mid 2020. Hmm. A couple of young, two different customers, young young dudes, first businesses. You know, and that first year and a half of like excitement and drive of your first business, they used just kind of surviving, and then they ended up closing their businesses. And you know, they're still hopefully they'll do other things in the future. But for me, that was just like really sad because that lost. Mm. your first business the first push of it like that's something you only kind of get once and that was just ruined by yeah by COVID by COVID yeah uh, I would yeah in that instance we spoke a few moments ago um, good on them yeah exactly and they learned you know so much and that's what I say to everybody just if you want to do a business just do it just yeah yeah. Just go have a crack at it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I find that um, entrepreneurialism tends to just repeat through life. Yeah. It may not be in a cafe. It may be in something. Maybe they go into corporate life and then they try and take yes. something on. Yeah. Um, but it tends to just weave its way through your journey. Um, and that's happened with you too, right? So, yeah, that's, I think that's good on them. Gave it a crack. No one could have seen what was no, coming. No, exactly. So, yeah. yeah. Um, how about then, I might just ask just a couple more questions. One is when it comes to just running the admin of a business, mm -hmm. like a cafe, there's go, 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 sometimes seven days a week, HR, payroll, all this sort of stuff. That's a bit of a headache. Thoughts on yeah, getting just, better at that? Just use all of the tools you have available, like use things like deputy and make sure you use zero. All of these things that like when we first, our first businesses back in the early 2000s and we didn't, they, those tools didn't exist. And so doing the books is really hard. So we did it really badly. So we'd have multiple businesses all kind of mashed together and the bank accounts weren't very clear. And it was all just like, yeah, it was just shitty, you know? Yeah. And whereas nowadays, like it's amazing between Square and Zero and Deputy for your rostering and everything can be really clear, really simple. Um, and then outsource if you're not good at something, mm. get someone else to do it for you. Like don't do your books if you're not good at doing your books. Like just, <laughs> which most people, most people aren't. I'm, yeah. Matt, my business partner, loves doing that stuff. He's got the right brain for it. He enjoys it. He's all over it. And that's great. Yeah. But I couldn't do that. Like that would drive me crazy. And I'd have to spend so many hours doing it badly 
that I'm better off doing something else and paying someone to, yeah. It, so you're starting a cafe today, imagine this, and it's just you, mm-hmm. right? So you don't have a business partner. Mm-hmm. Who is the first person that you hire? Yeah, probably a bookkeeper. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, because then- I can run the co- I can run the coffee side, I can do all that sort of stuff, but like you can't do that and then like pay the bills and it's just too hard. Yeah. yeah, just too hard. And they can do like a good bookkeeper can do in like two hours a week what would take you like 10, 12 hours and you'd make mistakes. Um, <laughs> yeah. 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 And if you, if I can put your spot, who would be the second one? Um, well, then I'd just hire, I'd hire more staff. We, we've always failed in the past is not hiring quickly enough because we we're, we work hard and we're quite good at what we do so we can do what we do really well. And so you kind of wait till you get like super busy before you hire that next person because you're always worried about being able to afford them. Do we really need them? All of that sort of thing. Uh, whereas every time we've hired someone, especially in this business, they've just given us increased capacity and we've been able to do so much more. Um, so yeah, hire, hire, but also hire well. You've got to hire the right the right people, you know. Yeah. yeah. Hire people who are better than you at whatever it is you're hiring them for. Like I'm, I couldn't make coffee and serve people anymore. We've got great people who do that for us. Yeah. Um, I couldn't roast coffee very well anymore. I've got amazing people who do that for us. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I like that. Um, and as someone who's clearly like a technician, um, you've kind of had to move up the ranks and change the way you operate. You've gone from off the, from the tools, literally right there. Mm-hmm. Um, now you sit in the office and get out and meet people and talk to people in the team. It's a bit of a different skill set, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Mostly I, I drink coffee and talk to people. That's kind of what I do um, all week long. And uh, and that's great. I mean, it's lots of fun, but it's also, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I miss um, roasting a lot because at the end of the day, when you've roasted coffee, like you've spent a day roasting, you've produced, you've turned 100 kilos of green coffee into, you know, X amount of kilos of roasted coffee and that you've really achieved that. Whereas like what I do now, I can spend like weeks talking to talking to people, potential customers, and you might not get a new customer in that period. So it's really, it's a very different, uh, yeah, different uh, mm. sense of achievement. You know, you, you get them eventually, but it's, uh, yeah, it's a different sort of vibe. Would, eight years ago, you started Rumble Coffee Roasters. Would you have done it if you had, had your time again? <laughs> yes, still, but... Um, it's you know it's been definitely been harder than I than we thought it would be, but that's we've now got a better business. I mean, we're now where I th- I'd hoped we would be, but over that that journey hasn't been a straight smooth yeah. line. Yeah. Line, uh, there's been a couple of uh, dips and some plateaus. Um, we had one period where we lost quite a few customers, like four. We lost four customers over the space of like a month. Um, In context, how many customers would you have had? Oh, and, wow, we would have had maybe 15, yeah, 15. Wow. And so uh, they were big customers and we lost them for different reasons. So we sat back and assessed them and, and that was a real turning point for the business where we realized, you know, you have a period where you just like, you start off and you just grow, 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 grow and you, ex- you think that's going to happen yeah, forever. Yep. Yeah, and then, and then it doesn't and you're like, oh, shit, what happens now? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so we, we looked, we assessed everything and, and we realized we needed, to, we needed to have, do things better and tell the story of what we were doing to our, for our wholesale customers more. We felt, felt this, one of them we lost didn't see all the extra work we did for them with their coffee program. You know, we were running over there at six in the morning, six thirty in the morning to fix coffee grinds and things like that, that perhaps word of that was not going back to management because we were doing half of the barista's job for them. Yep. So we kind of changed those, 
um, systems. And then we also need to have a stronger identity of who we were and that you, you don't want to work with every cafe in town. You need to work with the right partners. You want to work with you for the right reasons, not because you're cheaper or anything like that, but who really love what you do. Mm. Um, yeah, so we came out a much stronger business, but yeah, it's no fun at the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, well, we can walk in here and we can see the different logos of the coffee on the wall, and can see it. It all looks beautiful. This has taken eight years. Yeah, right? and uh, anyone that's run a small business will know that it's not straight lines, but it looks great. What you've created, oh, yeah, what you've great. created yeah. is um, credit to you, Matt and Stan. Mm -hmm. um, it looks awesome. And Thanks. the coffee's brilliant. Thank you. Yeah. So rumblecoffeeroasters.com.au. That's us. Yep. yep. You can buy online, get a subscription. If you are interested in cafes and um, the roasting process and how this industry comes alive, please watch the full video in which Joe takes us through the entire business, front to back, and then back out the front. Um, it's a great, great video and insight into how it all works, mate. Thank you for being the first guest and hey, first sponsor Pleasure. of the Australian right. Business Podcast. That's, so that's, Joe, that's thanks, right. thanks for taking the time and thanks for your support. Thank you. Thanks, Alan. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Australian Business Podcast. I think this series is best served with my free business course on RASC education. My free course includes all of my notes, templates, employment guides, legal documents, marketing strategies, software recommendation, and ideas for starting and running a small business. If you're a small business owner or an expert like an accountant, lawyer, investor, or entrepreneur, I want to hear from you. I'm not 100% sure what we're going to do with this podcast series, so I'm looking for sponsors as well as potential co-hosts, and of course, I'm eager to invest in businesses run by talented people. If you're looking for a supporter or advisor, a silent partner, or even an investor to support your growth, I can help. Please contact me via the RASC website. Finally, if this podcast or the course helps you, I only ask that you please help me by sharing it with one friend, colleague, or family member who runs a business. Thanks for listening.